1: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. We hope you had a phenomenal Christmas. Unfortunately, you didn't get a late Christmas present in the form of a Broncos win. But, Zach, Denver Broncos, when we, when we went into halftime, we're kind of feeling a little bit optimistic the way that first half ended. And then the way the game unfolded from there, the Broncos could literally do no right the the Raiders. It's not like it was some kind of steamrolling, but still handled them. Bron, well, Broncos disappeared in the second half. What happened?
3: I mean, the the Broncos are pretenders. Three and 0 was a mirage. The Cowboys game was a mirage. The couple wins they've had, the Chargers game, it was a mirage. This team is a fake, is a phony. Once again, I'm going to say being led by a bunch of phonies, Chad. I know it's taboo, but it's better off the Broncos don't make the playoffs. They need a lot of changes in Dove Valley taking place, starting with the head coach. He is the reason why the Broncos lost this game. And his magical, wonderful, masterful defense, Chad... Withered in the second half they knew Josh Jacobs was gonna run on one series and despite knowing that they couldn't stop him You had a chance to get the ball back for the offense late in the fourth quarter What would you do allow a long completion down the middle shocker to a tight end? I think it was Foster Moreau if I'm not mistaken kills you ends the game right there Vic Fangio's defense broke down in the second half We have so much to get into, but those are the prevailing storylines to me. Drew Locke did not lose the Broncos this game. I know it's going to be a cagey discussion. I know a lot of people are still going to call him out for what he didn't do, which is touchdowns. But he didn't do anything for the Broncos to lose either. He played a very Teddy-like game. Because, once again, the Broncos have not won one game this season on the strength solely because of Teddy Bridgewater. He managed the game well, avoided turnovers, avoided mistakes. He put the Broncos in good position. The coaching failed them once more. Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio failed the Broncos yet again. The sooner they are gone, the better. Vic Fangio was out coached by an interim head coach slash special teams coordinator not once, but twice. They were swept by their divisional rival who lost their head coach, lost their best wide receiver, a team that's uh, going through it all right now, that's falling apart at the seems they lost twice to them the sooner vic fangio was gone the better take pat Shermer with you tom mcmahon take all your friends they need that new blood in dove valley until they get it more of this is going to happen they are phonies and they are pretenders
2: listen up broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up Podcast.
3: seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
2: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. All right, let's, let's grab Bracken here. Thank you for jumping in early with the super chat. I, I don't know how much this was a factor because Kush, this is a topic Zach and I aren't 100% on the same page on. I don't think Kush has been very good this year. He hasn't been like horrendous, but he hasn't been some shining pivot in the middle of the offense. And yet, as Bracken says that, Kush was missed today. I will agree with you on that to a point. He says, I hope we never underrate him again. Whatever you, what you lost today in not having Kush was the between the years kind of mastery of being a center and two years now into the league of starting every game that you've ever been in understanding what you're seeing pre-snap having that vibe and past history with the quarterback Schlotman was handled today unfortunately by the raiders there was zero push on the offensive line and look drew locke he didn't play the game he didn't give the way uh give the game away but he didn't do a whole heck of a lot especially in the second half to give his team a chance to win the game. And here's what I'll say, Zach, on the topic of the offense. 100% nail on the head, dude. The offensive play calling, the scheme, the presence of mind in critical situations, it's just pathetically bad. The Broncos' offensive line could not stop a nosebleed. I mean, they were absolutely hustled. We went through the numbers on Thursday, Zach. This Raiders front four, yeah, it's got Max Crosby, all right? As we told you, it's got some decent edge, uh, pressure, talent, whatever. They had, what were they, bottom third in sacks? And they were harassing Drew Locke like this was a NFL team going against Peewee, like it was nothing. The Broncos' offensive line was, I'll say this, the as far as what happened on the field, Zach, all right? Broncos' offensive line, number one complicit in terms of how this game unfolded. Zero push in the running game zero uh, ability to protect drew lock. And I'm surprised drew didn't have two, three giveaways just because of how much he was harassed. Thank you for the super chats guys, DWI guys jumping in with a massive super chat from across the pond. We love you, buddy. We appreciate you. you. Thank you so much. Keeps the lights on my dog. He says, okay, everyone, if it's not clear before it is now Fangio and the coaching staff must go tomorrow. Let's get a head start on a new coach. The season's done. Take advantage of the new rules to interview coaches. Zach, I agree 100%, but will George Payton take action, you think? What, what are your thoughts? Because this wasn't like, you know, some 41-6 to 6 blowout. This The Broncos were kind of in it until the end, as ugly as it was. I think it would do, George, at this point, with only two
3: games left, I think it would do George Payton more of a disservice by firing Fangio because then he'd be known as the general manager. who doesn't even give he- a head coach a full season. So he might as well, he can spin it and justify it by saying they're still technically alive in the playoff chase, even though, you know mathematically unofficially they're out of it they have like a two percent chance now and a lot of things have to happen for them to make it they don't deserve to make it anyway so i think peyton's gonna stick with fangio a couple more weeks 15 days and counting guys until black monday then i think george peyton pulls the trigger he has to things have to change once again you have to get rid of fangio he's not cut out to be an nfl head coach certainly not with the broncos about the offensive line and cushion bear i know we have a lot to get into tonight I don't think it would, would have made much of a difference. The entire O-line crumbled from, you know, Massey to Garrett Bowles, who's kind of reverting back to bad Garrett Bowles two weeks in a row now, from the interior to Schlotman. They were getting bullied on both sides of the ball in the trenches. That's why the running game for the Raiders that's been stuck in the mud in recent weeks came to life First 100-yard game of the season for Josh Jacobs. Who does it come against? Vic Fangio's high price defense. The defensive mastermind, once again, withering in crunch time, never coming up clutch. So they were really bad on both sides of the ball in the trenches. That's where the game starts. That's why you saw the result that you saw today, partly.
2: Ethan, seriously, big love, dude. Appreciate you so much. It's going to take a minute. Your jersey has been purchased, but it's going to take some time to get across the fruited plain here in the States, across the pond to you. So, just stay patient, big dog. Uh, Malachi, bro. He says, plus three timeouts and we lose. Bad clock management. Turnovers, I think. Ter- oh, thank you. Plus three in the turnover different. Was it three turnovers? Yeah. Anyway, it was. That's right. Uh, terrible play calling from Pat and a few bad drops. Not sure what's harder to watch, this team or the new Star Wars trilogy. Zing, dude. I know. I feel you. I'm disappointed on both fronts, like you, Malachi. The sequel trilogy was a horrendous, horrendous atrocity and a and a you know, pop culture war crime on Star Wars fans. But we digress back to the point here, Zach. He's really pointing at the coaching. Well, I'm not
3: a Star Wars guy, so that went right over my head, Chad. Uh, about the turnover differential, though, yeah. When you force three turnovers and you have a play, I want. we talked about it on KK. We didn't get to talk about it yet. Bradley Chubb, that interception, that run back was a thing of Sweet. beauty. Game-busting play. They, they need more of that from the highest-paid defense in the NFL and the mastermind himself and Vic Fangio. But this is the problem once again, though. Doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. The common denominators, plural, are Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. And playing for a field goal, playing not to lose, more than likely you end up losing. And in one case, McManus missed a field goal, and Vic Fangio has the audacity to yell at McManus for missing it. It's like a 50-something yard attempt. Why not actually play for a touchdown? Why not go that for was the juggler?
2: What was that about? It looked like McManus was complaining about something that didn't happen perfectly, or I don't know, some been. kind of strategy, something that didn't play out, and Vic kind of fired back, I wonder. He
3: should have never been in that situation, though. Move the ball a little closer. He's not 100% guarantee. He's human. He's going to make mistakes. Make it a little easier for him, or don't, don't use him at all. Get a touchdown. Get in the end zone. Then he wouldn't have to rely on that. But that's not the type of mindset that Vic Fangio has, and it's trickled on down to his His flack in Pat Shermer, who does whatever Vic Fangio wants. Playing for three, playing not to lose. It's a coward's way of running a football team, but yet here we are.
2: Chris, legendary member of our community. Thank you, my friend. Always a symbolic super chat on the gut reaction. 13 bucks for 13 points. Love you, buddy. I predicted a win on this, and now I'm wishing I would have trusted my first impulse, which was, don't take the cheese, baby. Don't take it uh muhammad says love you another legend jumping in i'm heartbroken another losing season yep uh let's see seven and eight they'll have a chance no it's going to be yeah it's a losing season they're not beating the chiefs in the season finale there's a chance they could beat the chargers in la um yeah it's probably a losing season and zach you know what it's not the worst thing at this stage no because as you said the winds of change will soon be blowing through Dove Valley, and then we'll grab Raunch here and I'll serve it over. He says, "So, uh, can we send the transplant fans back to their states? You, you'd have be, you'd have to be blind to see that Locke isn't the problem. A veteran, a veteran quarterback can't fix stupid. Like, I don't want to ex- ex- totally excuse Drew Locke for not doing enough to help his team win today. Like, he just didn't do enough. He didn't get a lot of help from his O line. He did try. He, he was much more." Um, I mean, it was limited in terms of, I mean, this guy, let me show you guys something real quick here, Zach. Let me just do a quick illustration. I know we got a lot of supers, but real quick. They only threw the ball. uh, Well, let me go back here. Let me go back to um, individual stats. Drew Locke only threw the ball 22 times, all right, 15 of 22. In those attempts, those 22 attempts, he did a pretty good job of spreading the ball around. Like Cortland Sutton got five targets today. Jerry Judy got four targets, three for 60, kind of disappeared in the second half. Noah Fant, four targets. Timmy P, four targets. Like, he did a good job spreading the ball to the top four dogs on the um, out, you know, on the skill positions. I'll give him props for that, but they got no help, Zach, did Drew Locke from the offensive line. If you look at this, all right, one for 10 on third down, Zach. Go home. You shouldn't be in the NFL. One for 10 on third down this is not the world beating you know pick the all-time defense right this isn't the 85 bears this isn't the 2000 ravens or the 15 broncos or the 13 seahawks this is the freaking bottom third ranked las vegas raiders zach and you went one for 10 on third down hey at least you got one thing to hang your hat on zach when you were given the ball by bradley chubb on the one yard line you punched (laughs) it in but that was the only time you even sniffed the red zone
3: I thought you were gonna say the one good thing was the one conversion they had on third down which would have been appropriate um but it's also what happens when you check the ball down constantly i remember third and nines they were throwing for four yards Drew didn't also get help for, you know, you mentioned his offensive line, but how about the receiving court? Jerry Judy dropped a pass. Tim Patrick even had a, a bobble there. Cortland Sutton barely missed one down the sideline. It reminded me of the Jets game last year, where if things would have broken the right way and correctly, Drew would have had four or five touchdowns and the narrative changes about him, but he never seems to get that help. Whereas they seem to make those plays and have the different mindset um, with Teddy Bridgewater under center. So I don't know what the last question, the, the the syntax of it kind of messed with me. I don't know if he was saying Drew Locke is the problem or isn't the problem, but he had a very Teddy-like game today where he didn't win the Broncos the game, but he didn't lose it either. And if fans excuse Teddy for that type of performance, well, they better excuse Locke for that performance today because you have to be fair in looking at it. Have to.
2: Chris, Chance is jumping in. A newer name. Welcome. Thank you. Might not be your first Super, but I know it's not... Uh it might be, you might be, might be your first time, but appreciate it. He says, please tell me Pat Shermer will be gone. Drew did well today. I don't know if he if I'd say, I'd say Drew did well to not turn the ball over. Drew did well to spread the ball around as in the limited number of throws that were called. Uh, and Drew didn't throw the, you know, give the game away, so to speak, but outside of one or two strikes, no, there was, I'll give him more than that. There was, there was like Four really nice plays that he made with his arm. They're just in the critical moments, key situations, came up short. And again, you we can point Zach to the offensive line, and it's absolutely true. But bottom line, quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL, you don't get the the excuse. You don't get to point to somebody else. Like you had the ball in your hand. You touched the ball every single play. You couldn't get this team over the hump in those critical situations. So I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Drew Lock as much as I'm going to blame the offensive line. But it was encouraging Zach to see that he didn't throw the ball away, right? He didn't give it away. He played with a little bit better presence of mind, a little bit better poise in the same sense. And it goes back to these common denominators of these battened down, ultra-uber-conservative quarterback performances we've seen from this team, both last year and, of course, especially in 2021. The common denominator is the play caller, Pat Shermer.
3: You know how they say, well, at least I believe in when there's like a dog attack, like a pit bull attack, people say, which I subscribe to, it's not the dog, it's the owner. It's how you right. you, you train it and how you teach it. So if you have a quarterback like Drew Locke and you make him Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to play like Teddy Bridgewater. You know, if you have a Ferrari that re- requires 93 gas and you put 87 in it, you're not going to get the best results. They're making Drew Locke something he isn't. Not letting him take truly more than a handful of deep ball opportunities when you have, once again, two very highly paid wide receivers – in Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. You have a first-round pick in Jerry Judy, first-round pick in Noah Fant. Can we talk about, by the way, this whole game changes. We're having a much different podcast, by the way. If Albert freaking O can hold on to the football, that was one of the best throws that Drew Lock has made, I think, in his career. He took a really gutsy shot down the seam. It was a laser right in sync, right in the breadbasket, and Albert O drops it. That was a walk-in touchdown. The Broncos probably win. So you want to talk about the box score. Yeah, he didn't put up points, but if you watch the throws and the progression and the development from one game to the next, I think Drew played pretty well, relatively speaking.
2: Whatever happens, we're always going to wonder, man, what could Drew Locke have been uh, in Denver with a decent uh, play caller? JT, thank you for this update, my friend. He says uh, Fangio just said in his presser that he doesn't view it as a season being over. Also on offensive struggles, he said, we're going to keep working at it. Of course. Yeah. Right. Um, Jason jumping in. Good to see you, by the way. What else is he going to say? Great Christmas. You know, dude, keep working on it. You got two games left in the season and you just played yourself out of the playoffs. So like, I guess, you know, you fake it till you make it right. Like I'm going to pretend like I know I still have a job after two weeks. So I'm going to pretend like, yeah, we're going to keep working. Other than that, it's just platitudes, man. It's just, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm sitting here at the podium. Jason Walton. Another newer name. So welcome, my friend. Connect on Twitter. He says, this offense makes watching paint dry sound like an X Games event. (laughs) I'm tired of seeing Judy be motioned into the backfield for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it's about as bland and vanilla and uninspired. And just look up antonym to innovative, and you'll see Pat Shermer's face. Zachler jumping in, too, to say, thank you, Zachler. Dalton Reisner needs to go. He's about the nicest dude off the field, but he's just a below-average lineman with so many flaws. I don't know about gots to go, but he's definitely not developed in uh, any way, shape, or form, to be honest. And, Zach, that's actually quite alarming when you consider the Broncos paired him with one of the top one, two, three O-line coaches in the NFL currently. So you think to yourself, well, maybe he just needs a different scheme. Uh, no, he got to play under Rich Scangarello. And I guess under Rich's scheme, which – these are all similar philosophies in terms of West Coast. But one of the big differences between Skangs, Zach, and uh, Shermer, he, he's so vanilla, I almost forgot his name just barely. Um, <sighs> Saltines, is, baby. Skangs used a lot more heavy personnel. There was a lot more bigger bodies on the field to move people around a lot more. So I guess in that sense, Dalton had a little bit more help, but it was much more kind of zone block. Under uh, Shermer, it's a little bit more power. but There is some wide zones, obviously, and uh, I don't know. I guess he mixes it up pretty well. But still, he hasn't been able to thrive in this 11 personnel, you know, drop back and pass, three wides, one tight end, one running back, Dalton Reisner. It's alarming, and as Cody says here, Broncos receivers suck so many drops.
3: You, you know, the thing about Skangs, I hated the tight end jet sweeps or the, or the, uh, the screens that he ran constantly, but he... As a play designer and schemer and game planner, he craps all over Pat Shermer. Sorry, not sorry. That's the truth of that. I was thinking about when you were talking, Austin Schlobman. what an unfortunate situation. Next to you on one side is a rookie in Quinn Miners. Next to you on the other is a struggling Dalton Reisner. That's a tough task against that Raiders front seven, but it was a collective failure on that side of the ball in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They lost that battle handily, and that's why you saw the result that you do. Uh, it's It's pretty pathetic, honestly.
2: The Aviator, what's good, Shane? Appreciate you, my friend. Jumping in, uh, he says, Locke wasn't the reason we lost. Nearly all his incompletions were drops. So he did have seven incompletions, right? He went 15 to 22. The look on Vic's face at the end of the game, he knows he's done. And McManus yelling at him at the sideline shows he lost the locker room. I don't know if I jumped quite to that conclusion, uh, Shane, but I'll tell you this. It didn't. It, McManus has the biggest cojones of any kicker I've ever seen walk the earth, dude. Like the most flippant uh i don't care what you think coach uh guy like I've never seen a kicker in multiple instances visibly clash with his head coach on the sideline and 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 live to fight it or live to kick another day Zach like I yeah. it's unprecedented. we act like Brandon McManus is not we, but the Broncos act like he's some precious kicker that you know we're not talking Jason Elam here, we're not even talking Matt Prater here. Let's be honest. The only thing Brandon McManus has going for him is he's the last active player on this roster from Super Bowl 50. But if I'm that head coach, I mean, we don't know what it was about, Zach. It could have been cool. just a frustrated, hey, coach, this is what happened on the field. I'm so pissed off. And Vic's pissed off about it too. So maybe they're not yelling at each other. They're just yelling about it. Who knows? Well,
3: apparently I didn't get to rewatch it either. I didn't catch it the first time, but. Uh, Fangio ran the play clock down too long, and McManus was rushed on the field before that attempt. So that's what he was Mm, mad about. So once again, Fangio's time mismanagement is costing the Broncos, taking points off the board. I don't know what more has to be proven before people come to the realization that he's incompetent as a head coach. If we held Vance to one set of standards, Vic Fangio
2: is falling short of even those. He's worse than Vance in so many cases. He needs to go. You think about well, hey man, they the defense, you know, made some big plays, three takeaways and whatnot, but never in a clutch situation ever. When the critical moments, when you look back on a game in hindsight and you look at the critical moments, all right, Chubb got that great turnover, almost pick six, and you think, kudos to Chubb, you and I were both so happy to see Chubb make a play for him, you know, just happy for him to see him do something well, make a big splash play, and you think, all right, you know, Vic's cooking with some grease here, then imperative where you just took back control of the game, you just swung momentum back your way, you cannot let the opponent score in their opening possession in the third quarter. And yet the the Raiders marched on down like knife through butter. It was no big deal. It was, it was nothing. And so it's giveth and taketh, right? Vic Fangio's defense, there's so many cool things that we could talk about, not just this game, but I mean, like since he's been here, but then also all these facepalm moments where And that's always been the knock on Vic for what it's worth. I mean, he's had his seasons, right? 2018 is his season to end all seasons as a coordinator, but his defenses always put up great stats, all right, in the grand scheme of things. But in the critical situations, Zach, the critical games, they usually come up short. And here's Ren 99. I'm going to serve it back over to you. We were too one-dimensional on offense, no running game. We lost the game in the trenches on both sides. No 100-yard rushing game for Jacobs all year till now. This loss falls mainly on coaching. You bet your bottom dollar, my friend. The Denver Broncos, you ready for this? Total net yards, 158. How many of those were rush yards? 18.
3: Mm. Seemed like they used Javante uh, more as a receiver out of the backfield than as a runner. They never got the running game going. But even so, they, they made some plays on offense uh, that were – mishandled by the offensive line or by the receivers they a lot of components fell apart but it always goes back to that we have the shirt up right now for a reason at huddleuppod.com coaching 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 it all comes back to that that's a phrase that was born out of the the Vance Joseph era with so many sideline follies and miscues that led the Broncos to losses and no different in the Vic Fangio era he's committing the same offenses week after week after week because he's incompetent when you said earlier if you look if you need a uh, an antonym for creative and splashy. Yeah. How about a yeah, synonym yeah. for incompetent? That's what I was thinking, and that's what applies to not only Pat Shermer, but the man who hired Pat Shermer, the man who fired Scangarello, an up and coming guy who was having success with a quarterback that we now know Vic Fangio hates. In Drew Locke to hire Pat Shermer, all falls at his feet. It's it's Judgment Day, honestly, for Fangio. How about
2: dereliction? All right, dereliction of duty. Get him into a court martial, charge him, get him out of here because Shermer does not deserve to be brass in the Mile High City. Claude, thank you, buddy. He says, Drew looked as good as Teddy ever has. I can't wait for a competent coaching staff to take the reins of this really good on paper roster. Let's go grab a good quarterback and a decent coach and go win a Super Bowl. Go Broncos. And then Orange Crush Zach saying, and thank you, buddy. Want uh Fangio and Shermer fired tomorrow. So sick of looking at Fangio's clueless face on the sidelines and pointless, senseless press conferences. The ultimate insult, Zach, ultimate ignominy. You've lost four straight now to the Raiders, two of them to a freaking interim special teams coach. Yeah. I mean, George Peyton, come on, dog. What are you waiting for? You got an interim waiting in the wings, Mike. Munchak, here you go. You're head coach to for two more games. Let's start getting on the phone and seeing if we can't interview some candidates yeah. here, get a jump on this. What do you have to lose? Like that whole, Zach, the the idea of not wanting to be known as the GM that you know doesn't let a coach finish the season. I mean, to a point, the, there, there's, a, there's a point of diminishing returns on such a, an ethos, I think, especially for a team now coming off what is shaping up to be sixth straight season missing the playoffs, complexion, how it happened this year, obviously plays a big role in it. Fangio dug his own grave. Now all you got to do is just kind of tamp down the dirt, George. It's over.
3: Yeah, of course, Vic, you know, screaming and kicking for his job. He'd say, well, I didn't have Teddy Bridgewater. I didn't have my starting quarterback. So what do you expect me to do? You know, my defense forced three turnovers, not my fault. It's everyone else's fault. That's how Vic Fangio is. Um, it's it's a shame. I kind of lost my train of thought as to the point I wanted to make. You
2: You know what? You're, you're on to something, though. I, I'm sure these are the type of conversations that, are, that will be had behind closed doors. And, Zach, guess what, I, Vic? Maybe it wasn't your fault today, but from a macro perspective, you're the one that fired Rich Gangarello and made the push to hire Pat Shermer. So guess what rolls downhill, buddy? That's what you smell, that, that overpowering olfactory sensation right now. That's the crap that has rolled downhill to you as a result of your own bad decisions.
3: I thought of it now. It came to me. Sometimes on these gut reactions, you know as well as I do, it's hard to cram all your thoughts in a one hour or whatever, but... If they want to get it, and this is why I can make the case for firing Fangio tomorrow and getting a jump on the coaching search, because if you covet a candidate like Doug Peterson or Byron Leftwich, they're already getting interest from Jacksonville, who already fired Urban Meyer. They're already in the head coaching process. So if you want one of those guys, you better get it in line. And if you want them soon, well, it, it might make sense to fire Fangio now. And like you say, get a jump on the process. I'm good either way, because two more games, 15 days, it's all over for Fangio.
2: Miguel, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, "What's up, fellas?" A gut wrenching performance in the trenches. Scott called it when we got when we get bullied in the trenches, we get worked. Wow, yeah, it's and it's so mystifying, Zach. It really is because these offensive linemen, you know, when the chips are down, outside of miners, like miners is the only one that goes out there and bowls. I'm gonna I'm I'll put include bowls on that. They don't play with any kind of physical. um, they're not imposing from a physical perspective at all. And teams have figured this out now. Like, it's a wonder, Zach, that this team was as highly ranked the Broncos in rushing. If I remember looking at the game capsule Thursday night, top 15, I think they were just outside the top 10 in rushing as a team. It's a miracle. And 727 Mill jumping in to say, shake my head. Pat Shermer, got to go. Fangio, got to go.
3: I, I don't – I'm so, were you – No, no. I don't look at it so much like a miracle so much as um, – Maddening because if they had a better coordinator, if they had better coaching, they would be for sure top 10. They probably be top five when you have Melvin Gordon running like he is when you have arguably a rookie of the year candidate. I know he won't win, but he's playing that well in Javante Williams and you rank outside the top 10. Javante should have made the Pro Bowl. He had the the resume, if you extrapolate his production over the course of 17 games, being the full-time starter or just getting more touches. He had games where he had four and five and six carries versus games where he had 20 carries. So that's what held the Broncos back for the entire year. If fans are starting to catch on to that now, I agree with the previous super that said, I can't wait to see a competent coaching staff, what they can do with a really good on-paper roster. A lot of things to fault the Broncos for, one thing is not, is George Payton. Because he's restocked the cupboards, great draft class, good free agent signings. The Broncos can win now. They are a mid-level quarterback away and good coaching away from being a contender now. The better the quarterback, the better the coaching, the better the Broncos can be. But they're they have a playoff-ready roster. That's what's so maddening about this, Chad, is they're being held back from the guys on the sidelines, not the guys on the field.
2: That's why it was a categorical mistake to run it back with with Fangio. <clears throat> Pardon me, Cristobal, Kush not going to make the receivers miss. Uh Cush is not going to make the receivers catch the ball. Well said. David Wilder, Drew Locke played the type of game that coaches wanted him to play. True. Coaches don't use his abilities in the correct way because they're afraid he'll turn it over. Yeah, I mean, look, Drew played modestly well. And when I say that, Zach, I'm, I'm talking based on what we've seen from him this year. Like, if you were to throw this game at the tail end of 2020, as an example, I would say, yeah, at least he didn't turn it over, but we've seen Drew play better this year. Come on, Drew, step it up type thing. And Drew does need to step it up. I'm not making excuses for him. But he uh, definitely, Zach, you could tell the wheels are turning. Do not turn it over. Oh, crap. What do I do? Don't don't throw it You know, – don't give it away. These thoughts are happening. He's not a – what kind of coach – It would be so cool, for example, to see Drew Locke play in a Brian Dayball scheme. It would be really cool to see Drew Locke play in a Kellen Moore scheme. Uh, Colton jumping in, another newer name. Thank you, Colton. So sad to see. I truly believe Drew Locke could be a stud if he had a coach who knew what he was doing, Zach
3: it's so it makes me so angry when you talk about turning drew lock into teddy bridgewater which is exactly what the broncos did and in hindsight even if he won the competition it wouldn't matter considering the plays that they're calling for him having him check down yards before the line to gain on third down i mean when is that going to ever have success they're turning drew lock into a check down artist no different than teddy or alex smith that's not the type of quarterback he's built to be so you have to risk it for the biscuit i hate using that expression i think it's it applies here if you want points if you want touchdowns if you want victories if you want explosive plays from your quarterback you've got to call plays that fit that it's jamming that square peg into a round hole over and over and over again instead of getting a round peg for a round hole You know, you have to adjust player to scheme, not scheme to player. And that's that's the problem with Pat Shermer. He's so insistent on calling what he wants to call no matter the quarterback. That's why it all comes back to him as the common denominator. You saw the exact type of game today that you'd see from Teddy. The same performance, the same box score, the same lack of scoring. But Teddy wasn't out there. Ask yourself why that is.
2: Here's a point from Jerry. Can you imagine starting Locke? And by the way, Jerry, appreciate you being a supporter on Facebook, buddy. Uh, can you imagine starting Locke from the beginning of the season and his growth, uh, to this point, what it would have been geez, Yeah. You not, wonder. not with Pat Shermer. You wonder, sorry. maybe not, but you, I, I gotta assume he'd be a little bit farther down the road just by virtue of being exposed to the live bullets. Kevin G says, I've seen enough. Guess I can stop calling in sick. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, Jermaine, we cannot pass block, period. I can't watch the carnage. And you know what drives me nuts about this, Zach? Television broadcast did a good job on on multiple instances of pointing out, as Drew Locke is literally just getting harassed, these deep drops, five and seven steps, right? Slow developing in the route combinations. You're going, dude, we talk about Drew Locke have, needing to kind of hone his presence of mind when the bullets are flying. Where's Pat Shermer's accountability on this, dude? I mean, come on. The first time you saw how bad that this, the edges in particular, and the interior too, the whole offensive line was getting bullied. You got to throw those plays out the window, dude. You got to get the ball yeah. out. Get the ball out. Get the ball out. They lack any wherewithal to recognize, lick the thumb. Which way's the wind blowing? Oh, it's uh, it's just tiring. It's funny that you say that because a few days ago, I, I handpicked a quote I saw from
3: earlier this week when uh, Vic Fangio was asked about Drew Locke's turnovers and going into the game. And he was asked, have you, t- have you told Drew Locke explicitly from yourself not to throw interceptions and cut down on turnovers? Vic Fangio, a head coach of a team, actually said, no, that's on Pat Shermer and Mike Shula. Drew knows not to turn the ball over. I mean, you're the head coach of a freaking team. You gotta step in there and make things right. And that's the problem though, because the the behavior of Pat Shermer, the play calling, the type of mindset he's brought to the offense is not only condoned by Vic Fangio, it's encouraged because more than likely, uh you know, more likely than not, it allows Fangio's defense to win the day. Play for a field goal, keep it close, let Fangio's defense either close it out or get the ball back. But it's just such a cowardly mentality to play for a field goal or play not to lose and not go for the kill shot. Especially now, when you have a big-arm quarterback under center, you're starting to play looser as a team, hopefully with the playoff picture kind of disappearing. You have all the weapons in the world. There really is no excuse for what the Broncos do on offense. But when there's multiple quarterbacks playing, multiple personnel, different opponents, different situations, and you're getting the same result, you have to look and ask yourself why. And it starts at the top.
2: Lawrence Rivera... Appreciate you, buddy. So are we really last in the division again? I've seen this from the beginning of the season. We didn't do enough in the offseason. It started, Lawrence, with the misguided decision to foist Vic Fangio on George Payton, your brand-new GM hire. This screams of the last gasp out of pure hubris of John Elway. And I love John Elway, seriously. Like I grew up with this dude's posters on my wall in the yard, you know, in the street with my homies. I was the one that was pretending to be John Elway. I mean, I love this dude, all right? This was the last gasp of John Elway. George, we want to hire you. We think you're great. We'll give you anything you want, but you got to keep Vic one more year. George is like, all right, cool. When does your contract expire, John? One year from now. All right, I'll live with that. Bad decision, though, bad decision. And, you know... That ultimately, Zach, is the source of of everything from the Teddy trade to all the other foibles this team's endured in twenty twenty one.
3: You could argue a team like the Atlanta Falcons, and I know I'm stepping into unfamiliar territory when I talk about this, but first time GM paired with the first time head coach, and you can argue they're playing more competitive football on a weekly basis than the Broncos with half the talent, if if not less than that on the roster. But it's just when it comes to the Broncos they're not getting the most juice out of the squeeze. When you have a roster like this on paper, Chad, when you have players like Javante Williams and Patrick Sertan, Simmons, all the running backs and receivers, all the skilled players, all the secondary players, but quarterback, and you can't coax more than what you're seeing on a weekly basis, that's just bad coaching. If they had just a little more from their superiors, they'd have a few more wins in their pocketbook right now.
2: We're doing pretty good on time. We're at the 35-minute mark, but we are about 30 minutes behind with our patient Super chat, superstar. So we'll rapid fire and get to everybody. All right. Um, Edward says, fire Fangio. Lock was never the problem. It was all coaching. I'm so sick of this crap. Fire everyone. Mile High Kid said, can this season be over already? It's torture watching this offense play. Uh, Plum Bob jumping in. uh, Say, it makes me sick getting swept by the Raiders. A hated rival. It's just sad. And then you add to that, Plum Bob, that you got swept by an interim head coach. It just... Two losses. And a team that was completely slumping. You know, Scott put it pretty well, though. Uh, You know, talking about getting bullied in the trenches, right? This is the first time you got bullied by a team that doesn't really bully anyone. A soft, soft performance. Football players, Zach, they hate the S word getting thrown around. It was. It was. We need Elway to show up and call him soft again like he
3: did a few years ago because it would definitely apply now. Maybe not a few years ago, but that's what they need. And, you know, I bet the casual fan can't name more than two cornerbacks in the Raiders secondary, and yet you throw the ball three yards short of the stick on third and seven. You don't push the ball down the field. The Raiders just lost Jonathan Abram who you can argue was their best secondary player. They released Damon Arnett a few months ago. You still don't take chances down the field with the receivers and talent you have in a big arm quarterback. That's coaching. It's coaching standards, coaching not to lose. And it's coaching. That's going to get Pat
2: Shermer and Vic Fangio, both pink slips in 15 days. Tim Hoffman, you demand big dog. Hope you had a great Christmas. He says uh, Locke did what he needed to do to give the team a chance, made some fourth down plays. That's true. That was a strike on fourth down, dude. I was happy for him that he made that play. We had Butterfingers. Uh, players dropped the dang ball. Defense played well with the takeaways. I agree. This isn't the first time teams have just ran down our throats. Vic, coaches need to go. Our season's done. Let Locke just play the last two games to see what happens. Maybe we can get lucky and trade Teddy and Locke at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, this it was reminiscent to a maybe a slightly lesser degree of Drew Locke's performance in New England last year, where he was, but there is a slightly different complexion to this because Drew was, in that game in in Foxborough, Broncos still come out on top. Drew became the youngest QB to ever win uh, at, at Foxborough. And the balls Zach, that were getting dropped in that game were dimes that were touchdowns. There was like four different touchdowns that were dropped, and they didn't score a touchdown the whole game.
1: paid for by America first legal so it was a
2: it was a much bigger like contrast to the to you know it's one thing to see four different touchdowns get dropped it's another thing to see a you know seven yard out or whatever they all sting they all hurt and they're all for the most part inexcusable but it didn't help drew and I think it kind of speaks back to look they're used to teddy the spin on teddy balls right Uh, then Drew comes in and it's a different spin. The ball's coming out at just – we're talking about fractions of seconds here, but different slight timing and where the ball comes out based on where they're at in their route, little things like that that you can't really avoid when it's a backup quarterback coming into play this deep into the season. But that's why you got to put the onus on the receivers in those situations. No excuses. You get paid millions of dollars to catch the ball. Richard says, someone in the organization needs to explain to us fans – how we haven't progressed as a franchise in three years. We've gone backwards with a better squad set.
3: Coaching, coaching, coaching. HuddleUpPod.com right now. Get your shirt. Uh, That's what it comes down to for me. It's coaching. It, they've had the roster for a few years now. They've had good draft classes. They've had decent signings. They've mm-hmm. had enough talent to win, certainly with better records than they've had Chad. But you made me feel kind of stupid because I referenced the Jets game earlier, what it reminded me of. I was thinking of the Patriots game with all the drop touchdowns, mm-hmm. all the drop passes from Drew Locke. His stats would have looked a lot better and the narrative would have changed around him just a little bit. He still would have had his haters, but he gets no help. And this game was eerily reminiscent to last year's season finale against the same mm-hmm. team, the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders, when Drew Lock. The offense played well enough to win. And what was the reason the Broncos lost? It was Vic Fangio and the defense letting them down, not coming up clutch, blowing it in the crunch time. Once again, the same situation, different year, same result.
2: The Duchess jumping in. Michaela, I hope you had a phenomenal Merry Christmas. So great to have you. Thank you so much. She says, The main problem with this team was never luck, it was always Fangio and the rest of the coaching staff. I'm so tired of them. Can't stand watching them anymore. Fire them now. You know what? As much as I like Bill Kolar, as much as I have and a ton of respect for Mike Munchak, Reggie Herring, um, Zach Azani, it's time to clean house, including the strength guy. Just start over see. at coach on the coaching staff. You know, too many of these um, indi- individual position coaches are being foisted on the head coach and and head coaches being foisted on GMs like. The chain of command just needs to make sense once again. There needs to be clarity on that front, and that's why muddying the water with a first-year GM on a lame duck head coach, expecting Teddy Bridgewater to save the day, save the season. I mean, come on, burnt brass, 1776. Interesting handle, appreciate you. When will Denver media ask Vic questions like why do you allow Pat to keep calling plays if every week you say we need to get better and why do you expect different results if you make offensive changes Uh you know here's why their monetization model is contingent on being allowed in the building all right and if you say things that are combative and argumentative at the podium you might get away with it once twice you might come to find your card get pulled credential wise but I'll give you pro- one guy props on this front Zach D-Mac. Darren McKee yeah. dmac of the fan <laughs> that dude he's untouchable you know what they call Trump the Teflon Don or whatever what I'm trying to come up with something witty for Dmac, but that dude whether it's a coach a GM Joe Ellis Roger Goodell he is unflinching in the type of questions now he usually couches it in terms of his tonality well enough to where he can kind of get by and kind of maybe fly slightly under the radar but uh but that's why burnt brass if you really want to know the truth well, I think you,
3: if you have skin in this game, if you have credibility, you will ask the hard-hitting questions, but here's the problem. Even if you do ask Vic Fancy those things, what's he really going to tell you? Either coach speak or turn it around and make it someone else's fault, anyone but his. He'll say, "Well, what? just what he said tonight, we're still trying to get better. We have a couple games left. We want to get our eighth win. If that's really where you're shooting, Vic, he already knows what's going to happen in 15 days. All he's trying to do right now is bide his time. At this point, two games to go, the Broncos looking like they do. Vic is checked out. He's tidying up his LinkedIn right now he's making calls to see what's out there more than likely for another DC job in 2022 that's what he should be in the NFL and in a few weeks he won't be HC
2: anymore of the Denver Broncos a legendary super chat superstar jumping in Isaiah 1127 what's good he says very hard to watch this game today and we have to watch two more weeks the Fangio Shermer ship has to go hopes up then hearts broken 13 points, and then we got Josh the Oi Boy 90 jumping in. Good to see another legend in the house. Don't ever disrespect the force Star Wars is life, good, bad, and in between, just like Broncos. I don't like it, kick rocks. That said, fire Fangio. Amen, bro. Oi. I, I, we probably have another comment
3: to come back to, but I do want to highlight this if I can come back to it. Did it already scroll off my screen? It was from Keith, who at here. It was a really funny comment, because, Chad, you can relate as well. We get the press releases from the Broncos every single day, and it's true, Keith. Man, there's so many times I go through the quotes looking for a story, and I, I, I get angry. I say, how can Fangio say that or not say that? He'll, sometimes he'll give a one-word answer like, no, next question. It really is like eating pebbles. That's a perfect
2: way to put that. Um. Jermaine, we couldn't catch a break even if it was thrown at the bread basket. Shake my freaking head. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It. Uh... They caught multiple breaks. I mean, the fumbles went
3: in their favor. They had an interception return. I mean, the Broncos, the breaks were there. They had calls
2: go in their favor and you know, from the Zach, referees. That's why I can't completely, or in any way, absolve Drew Locke of complicity in the loss, because on one hand, yes, he did He played a brand of quarterback that coaches wanted him to play. But, you know, you go to the fourth quarter as an example. Like Drew Locke did nothing, had no impact on the Broncos defense, allowing the Raiders to march down and score on their opening third quarter possession. But in the fourth quarter where this was your last chance, man, like maybe the defense can get the ball back for you. That series ultimately ended in a, was it a punt or a fourth down? trying to remember. Did they go for it and fail on fourth down that last time they really had the ball? Either way, they came up short. You know, Drew's got to share his share of the blame for that. But at the same time, all right, you know what? This is the NFL. We'll kick it back to them or they'll get the ball back. We've got this Vic Fangio, you know, the unit coached by the defensive wizard. We've taken the ball away three times. We can get a stop. Those critical moments, those key situations, Fangio's unit just never comes up. So this, again, this is like a lot of losses. You know, you can point to the box score and say 17 points. We only allowed our opponent 17 points and we lost fire. Drew Locke fire, Pat Shermer fire everyone on offense. And you're right. But more than one thing can be right at the same time or true.
3: Drew is, you know, part of the 53 man roster. They lost a game. So every player technically is responsible for that loss. They weren't good enough to win, but Teddy's had so many types of games, like the same kind of box score. And yet, if the Broncos or when the Broncos did lose these games, he was the last one being talked about. But people still are piling on Drew Locke for not doing enough when he didn't he had the same type of game as Teddy. He even played the same type of game by checking it down. Yet he's the biggest reason they lost. I don't think so. Comes back to coaching like Fangio and Pat Shermer. Again, eerily reminiscent of the 2020
2: season finale. You don't believe me, go back and watch the tape. Meek fifty-five five. Meek triple five fire Fangio fire Shermer they got to go Meek by the way love you big dog been with us a long time appreciate you Mike Reno receivers need to catch the ball chat just saying yeah they do Naj golly Naj another legend tonight hey, is Naj. the night of legends in this super yeah. chat uh, he says awful week brothers whole family battling through uh-huh. Zivirus. dang dude Now this trash to cap the weekend. Team has good players, but they don't make clutch plays in clutch situations. Predictable not to lose coaching is mind-numbing and infuriating. Yes, it is, Naj. How's the family? What a crappy way to spend Christmas, dude. Is everyone doing all right? Um, Prayers up for you, my friend. We we understand that's no joke, so I hope everyone's doing okay.
3: And how wonderfully, you know, uh, gracious of you to bless us with a type of super like that, despite what you're going through right now. We, you definitely, your, your family's in our thoughts and prayers. Anything we can do, Naj, let us know. Email us, reach out. We'll uh, we'll support you. But yeah, it is uh, mind-numbing and infuriating. I think it's two words that describe the Fangio era.
2: By the way, Naj, and Zach, we got to do this. When we start kicking off the superstar segments for 2022, once the grind of the season comes to a close, Naj, you got to be one of the first people that comes on, dude, because we got to kick it with you at the game in week three. And just when I was looking for you to bring you on the show, you were gone. I was like, it, So we got to get you on. So we'll, we'll reach out. We'll we'll be in touch. Uh, Jermaine says, Drew protected the ball. Only good news. Yeah, he protected the ball. He made some big throws. He did. You know, that fourth down one. Uh, some dimes, dude. The, sh- the shot to Judy. There were a few throws Drew made today that just make you sit up and go, man, this dude's arm talent. It's so, it's alluring, but then why, where's the rest of the package? That's where you start pointing to the coaching. Many throws Drew made today, even though the numbers aren't crazy. I mean, we understand that. Teddy Bridgewater could never hope to make some of those throws. Faded Wolf, uh, another upsetting loss. Faded Wolf, is this your first super? Another upsetting loss on a very winnable game. It wasn't a loss because of locks drops killing us. Um it wasn't a loss because of lock drops killing us. Can't stand the play calling. Ready for new coaching. Hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate you, brother. Uh Jermaine Zach. We had Judy in a jet sweep formation. Did absolutely nothing with it. What else is new, right?
3: I was going to say, how's the rock you're living under, Jermaine? They do it every single week with Jerry Judy. He gets his conditioning in by doing that, but he's rarely ever given the ball. You know, one time you think if they're going to run him and motion him for a fake jet sweep 100 times, let's say, you think on the 99th time he'd actually get the ball. But no, that's way too out of the box for someone like Pat Shermer. I and mean, we're lucky that Jerry Judy did what he did today, which was... I have it right here, if I can pull it up real quick. It was 3 for 60. I got it up. 3 for 60, yeah. He didn't do much in the second half. It seems like they went away from him, Chad, Drew Locker, the coaching staff, after he had that drop, and I think that's a mistake. He has great chemistry with Drew, and he was finally making plays, and yet you don't, you mothball him. It's just
2: typical Pat Shermer. Michael, you the man, my friend. Great to see you. Appreciate you. Hope you had a great Christmas down there in Tucson, big dog. Uh, Yeah, Judy, uh, three receptions, 60 yards, Sutton, uh, four for 33, Fant three for 30. Uh, Tony DA dub, what's good, buddy? Appreciate the generous super chat. He says, What's up, fellas? Could we be overvaluing our players? The O line was dominated, wide receivers not good enough, maybe. This is the Raiders that dominated this up front. And Fangio, so biased, would have gone for it on field goal miss, uh, even if Teddy was in. I'm not sure, Zach, syntax In, that. Was, instead
3: of attempting the field goal, he would have gone for it on fourth down. Oh, probably, down yeah, probably, like,
2: probably. That's true. We've seen it once. We've seen it twice. Heck, we've seen it thrice.
3: Um, I think that's a kind of a blanket statement to make though. I mean, I, I agree with certain players being a little overrated by the fan base, maybe someone like Quinn Miners or Dalton Reisner, Cushionberry, and that's admittedly coming from me, but I, I would venture to say you put these wide receivers, these running backs, these tight ends, this supporting cast, some of these defensive players with a different head coach with a, a more fired up coaching staff and uh, just a feel around the team, you get a lot more production out of them. They are wasting this talent. I, I firmly believe that.
2: Appreciate you, Demond. Demond, Demond. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for those stars. Juero in the house. Drew did everything he could with trash protection. No run game. With the same fake to Judy before each run. Receivers can't catch when it's needed. You know, to sell that, to get defenses to actually respect that pre-snap trickeration, once in a blue moon, you actually got to give it to Judy. Right. Where? How was this lost on Pat Shermer? You know what I mean? Like... Dude, Mike Shanahan is probably just, like, pulling his Spinning. hair out. <laughs> what the Sam what? Hill is going on here, you know? I mean, there these are offenses that are built on the bones of the same scheme that Shanahan built his on, which is Bill Walsh, West Coast, and obviously kind of different specializations in terms of the Andy Reid. Uh, uh, what's his name, dude? I just had the brain fart. The head coach of the Packers with Favre. What was his name? Holmgren. Mike Holmgren, thank you. That offense sprung off in kind of a different direction, but it all sources from San Francisco. Same with Shannon's offense. So all these things are familiar to Shannon He knows what he's seeing. He's got to be just like, what? Because one thing I loved about Shanny, amongst many qualities was critical moments, kind of like Wade Phillips as a defensive play caller. Mike Shanahan had a f- just like otherworldly feel for game situations, when to call the right plays. Uh, Mr. Ranch, what up? Drew was significantly more composed than Carr. Denver's O line collapsed and the running game was non existent. This one squarely on coaching. You know, I'll give this to David Carr, David, Derek Carr. That touchdown that he threw in the first half to Dime. Hunter Renfro. Dime. Ain't nothing beautiful. you can do about that. Un, undefendable. Leaf up in Canada. What's good, big dog? Fangio electing to go for a second 55 yard field goal was the moment we elected to lose the game. Well,
3: let me just tack on to the previous point about Pat Shermer. Yeah, it's on him for being that stupid. That's the only <laughs> word to use, honestly, when it comes to Pat Shermer, is stupid and not realizing that. But how about Vic Fangio, once again, being the head coach of a team? Chad, we're not cashing paychecks as NFL coaches, but yet it's plainly obvious to us you have to actually get that jet sweep going every once in a while not just fake it all the time to maintain the allure and maintain the illusion of it. How does Vic Fangio not step in there and say, listen, Pat, hand the ball off to Jerry Judy a couple times? It takes two seconds. He has no idea.
2: He watches the game film uh, after the game. And then what does he do with that information? What does he do from his gleanings? Because I get it in the heat of battle, you're on the sideline, you know, you don't have the... Benefit of the eye in the sky. And thank you, Isaiah. Judy, fake sweep, getting old. What is that? Um, You don't have the benefit of, you know, seeing the whole field and all that. So it's crucial for a guy like Vic, whatever takeaways you're going to have at the end of the day, got to come from, because it's the other side of the ball, which is not your expertise, from the film. So when you glean whatever you're going to glean from that film, what do you do with that information, Vic? I submit, and I don't know this, all right, but I submit, My feel for this is nothing. He hired Pat Shermer to be the head coach of the offense so that he didn't have to worry about it. He's been a head coach twice, AP assistant coach of the year, 2017. I just want to kind of manage the grind and deal with the defense. That's it. Like I need someone to run the offense. I doubt Vic really gets on Pat much about anything at all. And that's partly probably why this team is in the situation it's in Phil Irish. Zach jumping in, fire Joe, fire Shermer, Munchak, temporary head coach, Shula, temporary OC message sent. Agreed, but it's a message sent a day late, a dollar short, whatever.
3: You know how you just laid it out, he doesn't care. And this is from the same head coach who admits he doesn't watch the offense live on the field with his own eyes. Those are fireable offenses when you're the head coach. It's one thing when you're the D.C., but when you want to be the head coach, those are fireable offenses. And I want to just posit one thing to you. This was a previous conversation you had about the coaching staff. You know, Azani, Curtis Modkins, Munchak. I don't really think, Chad, any of these assistants are untouchable as far as I'm concerned. I would like to retain a few maybe. I like Azani. I like, obviously, Munchak. Uh, Kolar, Reggie Herring, but there's no one truly untouchable on this coaching staff. So if George Payton wants to pull the plug on all of them, I would support
2: that. Yoda in the house. Love you, Yoda. Uh, he says, needs to go, Vic does. Lose to an interim coach he can't twice in a season. Uh Get a head coach fired that can immediately. Thanks, buddy. And I hope it goes down that way, for what it's worth. I'm not holding my breath, though. Cuero. I'm tired of our defense flip-flopping. One day, they're unstoppable. The next, they can't stop a run. They know is coming. Then Schirmer kills quarterback careers. Yeah, that's the story, dude, of this whole season. The up-and-down Broncos, the roller coaster, the the notion that this team is Jekyll and Hyde. Vic, at one point, really kind of uh, bristled against the notion. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Let me ask you a question, guys. Maybe I've missed it. I do a lot of tweeting
3: during the game, but have you ever seen Fangio on the television broadcast or in person for that matter, coach up his players on the sideline, interact with his, even defensive players on the sideline? So you think coming off that series where Josh Jacobs rammed it down their throat, literally constantly, they knew a run was coming and couldn't stop him. You think Fangio would have interacted like a Belichick did? I I watch NFL films, the highlights of every single game, every single week comes out from NFL YouTube channel. I have never once seen Fanjo interact with anyone. And, uh, some guy DM me, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. He was at the game at the Broncos game and he didn't interact with one player offense, offensive or defensive. He stands there like this, the whole game. And like you mentioned, uh, delegates and delineates all the other processes to the, to the team. He wants to stand there and take it all in. Well, you can't do that. You're, you're the head coach for a reason. You have to get involved. But he wants to shirk responsibility, shirk accountability. And it, it came out in the scoreboard.
2: Rock Chalk Broncos in the hizzy. Hey, greetings from Kansas, huh? New ownership can't come soon enough. Zero accountability from the top down. Yep. You know, it's it's like when you see a really badly run franchise, Zach, like Washington, with a with a where the problem, you know, talking about crap rolling downhill, you know, Snyder there has been a thorn to his own team's side since he's basically been there. And you just know that unless he gets really lucky in hiring a just like world-beating coach, that fan base just knows nothing's gonna change because that's the way the owner is, right? That's just, it takes on the complexion of the owner. The Broncos are in a similar situation where, except there is no one there to, or I should say, because there is no one there.
0: As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.
2: To hold people accountable. You know, it feels like that. That lack of control, embracing oblivion, like, same old, same old, no one's going to pay. Closest thing you've seen to accountability in the last three years as far as post- let's say post-Super Bowl 50, Zach, the closest thing you've seen to anybody standing up and accepting accountability was Vic Fangio firing Rich Scangarello and then John Elway stepping down as GM following last season. I wouldn't even call them, at least in the Elway sense, half measures. Quarter measure? Percent measure? Jason Boland, what up, dude? Biggest collection of mismanaged offensive line talent in NFL history. Shermer, wow. Fangio's defense withered again, a recurring nightmare. Word. You you mentioned Washington. Well, that was a team the Broncos barely
3: squeaked past, Chad. I mean, and I would even take their coaches over what the Broncos have right now. You could say I'm crazy all you want. I would take Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, their OC, over Vic Fangio and um, Pat Shermer and the Broncos' respective titles. I, it's just that's what's the downfall of this team. It's not necessarily the quarterbacking on a weekly basis. And I even tweeted that before the season. My bigger worry is not Teddy Bridgewater. My biggest worry is the coaching staff. For this very same reason, because it doesn't matter who you have under center. It doesn't matter who you have on the field. We've seen Fangio and now Pat Shermer two years in a row now. Nothing's changed. It's gotten worse. It falls on them. They have to go.
2: Andrew Baker, what's good, buddy? Our flaws are obviously coaching and quarterback, but we got to fix this OL as well. MHS for life, Denver Broncos for life. You know, it's really weird because again, Mike Munchak's a top-rated offensive line coach, and you've got some real horses up front. I mean, Garrett Bowles was a joke. Now he's no joke, dude. That dude put his got his act together. The last two games, he's had a, you know a little string of injuries, but for the most part, in pass protection, he's more than solid. And then as a run blocker, phenomenal. When he's in the zone, I guess phenomenal. Uh, your left guard is is needs to be benched. Uh, should not be grandfathered any kind of job next year. Like Dalton Reisner next year needs to sink for his supper. I'm not saying move on from Dalton Reisner, but he's entering a contract year, right? Yeah, contract year. If he starts next year, it better be Zach because that coaching staff made him earn it. Same for Lloyd Cushenberry. Yep. Same for Quinn Miners, even though I think anyone Quinn Miners goes against toe-to-toe next year, he will vanquish. Right tackle, you didn't solve it. Bobby Massey, maybe not the constant turnstile like Eli Wilkinson was last year or, you know, pick the year uh, with the exception of uh, – oh, what was his name, dude? Belder. Jared Belder, thank you. Uh, the Broncos, right tackle. Bobby Massey is probably number two in recent years in terms of the best right tackle the team's had uh, since Orlando Franklin was playing right tackle He's probably the second best behind Valdir, but it still ain't saying much, that At least he's
3: playing, unlike Juwan James, who's got that going for him, <laughs> which is nice, Chad. Yeah, the Broncos' offensive line as a whole is pretty replaceable, maybe with the exception of Garrett Bowles and only because of his contract now, but he's playing at a replacement level, I think, the last couple of weeks. I agree with you. Reisner's a liability. I'm ready to see Natani Muti. If he, if he can play left guard, I would see a Muti, Cushionberry, and Miners interior. Maybe they can move some mountains and get better run blocking, but they were owned today in the trenches. It was a very soft performance, uh, just a pathetic performance, honestly, and they have to get better from that. It, it may be too little too late, but don't
2: want to see it. John Doe, we're at the one-hour mark, so we're at rapid fire, you know, very Unfortunately, we got to be very quick in our replies to the remaining supers because we got to go. John says, My prediction is they keep Vic and fire Shermer. Who's the best available OC for next season if they keep Vic? Dude, I don't even know right now. They they've got jobs right now. You know? Um, we'll have to see who gets fired and what guys. I mean, you could go look at position coaches and stuff like that to promote to an OC, but I'm telling you, Shermer, Vic's getting fired, guys. I mean, even if it doesn't happen tomorrow, Vic's not surviving this, you know. Uh, Terry up in Canada, what's good, buddy? Competent coaches, hashtag state of being. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to have some competency and wherewithal at coach? Chase Wildner, what's up, buddy? Hello, it's Chase saying, plus three in the turnover differential, and we still lost. What a feat. And this does, Zach, echo Um last year's season finale against the Raiders where you emerged plus in the turnover differential still couldn't close, still couldn't win. Let me just add about
3: the coach. Whoever is the next head coach I think could call the plays on offense. So if you have a Doug Peterson, Kellen Moore, Greg Roman, Brian Dayball, uh, they're more than likely going to call their own plays. I'll throw out one name if they do hire Kellen Moore. The Cowboys quarterback's coach is Doug Nussmeier. He's had some coordinating experience. He's built up the quarterbacks in Dallas. That's one name to keep in mind. But when or if they do hire an offensive-minded guy, to me that guy has to call his own plays.
2: Wade Kimball, what's up? Before anyone jumps down my throat, Everyone has a right to their opinion. In mine, Peyton is without a doubt already looking for a new head coach and O.C. behind closed doors. His mind is made up, I have no doubt. He'd have to be a fool to not already realize, you know, uh, this this is uh, a lame duck indeed. Start looking around the league. I'm I'm sure he's been doing it for the last month, to be frank with you, uh, Wade. So... Tony D.A. dub, Zach, and then I'll throw it to you. Also, someone needs to roll. We got swept by the hated trash Raiders. Dot, 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 I'll add, with an interim head coach.
3: Two years in a row
2: getting the brooms out at the, at the
3: mercy of the Raiders. That's not a good situation to be in at all.
2: David, come on, guys. Five-plus drops. Catch a few and see what happens. I know. People don't like to hear that, though, especially if it's relative to Drew Locke. If Drew Locke is the one whose passes are getting dropped, people don't want to hear it. Uh, Leaf Roebuck. Again, thanks, buddy. My biggest beef with Elway as GM was his disregard for coaching and in-the-trench players. I look forward to Peyton investing properly. Yeah, I mean, that's a topic that is too overarching and meta to go too far into right now, but we we feel you, my friend.
3: If not quarterback Um, or edge rusher, it's got to be an offensive lineman in round one. You have to consider stocking the cupboard with a a blue-chip talent and not getting by on veterans or or mid-rounders.
2: Ethan again, aka the DWI guys. Thank you, bro. He says, Zach, either you. tomorrow or 15 days, the course correction yeah. will occur. That it will. Thank God. Can't That we. it will, buddy. Thank you for that generosity. Um MJA 2873 Maja Maja. Who should we draft in the first round? A quarterback like Malik Willis or Matt Crowell, a middle linebacker like a Devin Lloyd, or an offensive guard like a Kenyon Green? I, I'm telling you. First of all, it, it's dependent on what you do in free agency and whether or not you're able to land a veteran Q. Right. If you don't, you got to draft a quarterback. If you can, like if you can pony and maneuver those two twos and two threes as a package to move up, uh, part with one or two, you know, one two and one three to move up and make sure you land a Matt Corral. Matt Corral and Malik Willis are the two guys I like right now, but I haven't given it my full attention yet, and I won't until the season's over. Then I'll start really looking at these guys Um, too much going on still rich making Vic look like an interim head coach says my kid. (laughs) Oh, the irony. It's painful, dude. It's painful, Zach. It's, it's painful and ironic
3: that he's losing to a special teams coach when he stood by his own incompetent one for, you know, multiple years now, Chad. So uh, that's how bad he is though. Put up against anyone. He loses, even an interim guy, special teams guy. It's pretty sad.
2: Leaf says this year was a handover year. Period. Peyton's a first year GM. His butt is firmly in the seat now. And that gives us hope. Yes, indeed. Barring some new owner coming in and completely cleaning house, but they said that when George was hired, the contract he got a six year term made him virtually new owner proof. But, you know, a few, what is it, five more years, probably somewhere four or five million bucks, you know, billionaires who can afford to purchase a football team firing a guy and still having to pay him say 20 million bucks. If that's what if if that's what they want to do, they'll do it. But I still think I do subscribe to the notion that he's pretty safe in his position, regardless of what happens, but he's not perfectly immune. Michaela, again, the Duchess love you. She says someone in the chat was saying that Fangio is staying. What in the world? Yeah. I don't know. No. Don't know where that's coming from, but If you want your answer,
3: rewatch the Kansas City game and George Payton when they showed him in the box with with his arms crossed like that. (sighs) That's the telltale factor. And you have to think those arms are crossed even tighter now watching that performance today. He's
2: gone. Dennis Woods, Michigan, legendary Super Chat superstar, says, 23 points in two games with the talent we have. Jeff Feel, Smith Corona, what's good, buddy? Happy holidays, boys. Back to you. Same to you is what I meant to say. It's like, I'm an anchor back to you, Zach. Uh, I have no words, just showing some love. Thank you, Smith. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, Maja again, should, should Fangio only stay as a defensive coordinator with the new head coach? I wouldn't be opposed to it, but those things he just won't. don't happen in the, in the NFL. That's fairytale stuff. Or maybe just, you know, days of old type stuff. I, it did happen in the ancient NFL, Zach, but those type of things typically don't occur nowadays well, cons-
3: considering how prideful and egotistical Fangio is would any would, would it be conducive to success to have Fangio around even as DC keeping that bad blood in the building do you want to take orders from the guy who replaced him would there not be friction there? exactly so you have to kind of clear the whole thing rip the bandaid off all at once if you want change
2: you got to exercise the demon because you keep someone like that around you as a head coach you're always worried about am I being undermined that's why it doesn't happen guys uh, and plus just from a messaging perspective, as Zach said, you need to rip the bandaid off, start over, uh, David Ellsbury. What up, buddy? He says, third down equals check down again. The play calling was cowardly and embarrassing. Uh, O-line couldn't block a phone call. Checkdowns were designed play calls. I was surprised how much drew was checking down today. And it speaks to me, uh, of really it being hammered into his head by the coaches.
3: Yeah, the Raiders' defensive line was like the car warranty calls that we get, Chad. They always get through whether you block the numbers or not. Yeah, they. I haven't heard that one before, though.
2: Couldn't block a phone call. That's pretty funny and, and very, very true. Uh, Naj again. Wow. wow, bro. You the man. Thank you, buddy. He says, hey, bros, we're recovering. Thanks for the thoughts. The way I see it, we have three years to take advantage of this young, talented nucleus. We're wasting this year at the quarterback position. I don't think we have time to develop a quarterback now and then still take advantage of this core. You know, you you could be right in many respects, Naj. And if that's the case, it's hell or high water for Aaron Rodgers, hell or high water for Russ. But specifically Aaron Rodgers, if that's what your macro view is of this team's young core, I think there is some truth to us kind of maybe overestimating just how good uh, this this young core is. To be honest with you, because it's not coming out in the wash, and uh, we understand that the coaching is suboptimal. But at this, at a certain point, you know, players play. You know, get out there, and make a difference. But I'm inclined to agree that the core of this team is something. It just needs the right vision, the right coach to come in and say, guys, chin up, first team meeting as head coach. Listen up, we're not losing to the dat gum, mother trucking, Kansas City Chiefs. It ain't happening. We're not, you know, like someone that just comes in and gives these guys a lift from an emotional swagger perspective, and then obviously he's got to bring it to the table from an X's and O's.
3: I think there's a misconception, you know, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years, it took three years, the standard three-year window, to develop a quarterback into a franchise guy. But when you can mic- microwave someone's development, like, look at Justin Herbert in 2020. You put that on the Broncos roster now, you're a playoff team. They don't have to have world beaters necessarily at play caller and quarterback at the controls for the Broncos. They just not need to be Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater. If they can aim just a little higher with the nucleus and the foundation they've laid already – They can win many games.
2: Bronco Broad says, and thank you, what's with Reisner constantly rising on the line? I don't see another guard do it as much as he does. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Constantly rising on the line. Also, he looks weak or soft against some of the D-line he goes against. Is it strength or technique? I think it's both. And I think uh, the Broncos perhaps maybe misidentified what position he should play as a career tackle at Kansas state. Maybe try this dude at tackle. We've been, I've been saying that for a year now, try him at tackle when he regressed in year two. I'm like, try him at tackle. Oh, he doesn't have long enough arms. Give it a shot. How much worse can it be? You know, he uh, what was it? I can't remember the exact number, but he went something like between 20 and 30 games without relinquishing a sack at Kansas state as a right tackle. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe give it a shot. Lucas Estrella, thank you, buddy. I'd love to see Fangio game plan against Shermer. <laughs> uh, the Battle of the uh, Impotent, Zach.
3: Yeah, I brought up the follow up comment to that. I know. It was a little premature, but I forgot who said it. They said it'd be a 6 3 final. And that's, I think, giving <laughs> a little too much credit to Fangio and Pat Shermer. I'm going to say 3 nothing or worse, 2 nothing.
2: 3 2. 3 2. Baseball um, score. Okay, guys, we really got a dip. Beto says, uh, hey, guys, do you think the Broncos will start making calls for potential head coaches? Also, where do you see the quarterback situation going? Teddy's gone. Drew could be gone, depending on what that next head coach thinks of Drew. But the push is going to be finding a different quarterback in 2022. Travis Trail, I love the show. Finally able to catch a live one. Thank you, buddy. Not to beat a dead horse, but I'm excited to see Drew in an offense that plays to win rather than not to lose. Go Broncos. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if uh, the next head coach says, no, pump the brakes on selling out for A-Rod. I think I can make something of Drew. I don't expect that to happen, but I think this team is going to use as many of its resources as necessary in the coming offseason, Zach, to solve quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say it's exciting to see what Locke can do in a different offense, but it's not going to be
3: the Broncos' offense. I just He's playing for his next NFL team if he starts next week or what he put on tape this week. Um, he needs to change the scenery, and I think the Broncos have to go in a different direction as well. It's just experiment that didn't work out. And like you said, when you can chase a Rodgers, a Wilson, maybe Deshaun Watson if things clear up, or a first-round quarterback like a Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, when you have those at your disposal and you weigh, weigh them against Drew Locke, one camp looks a lot better than the other.
2: Ethan, again, from across the pond. Thank you, bro. Gut reaction, happy new year. New owners, new coaches, Peyton in charge. I'm ready for that, but sad we had to wait a year for it. I know. That's what that's just been the theme. Year in and year out is better luck next year, and it's just so atypical of what it's been like as a lot of, you know life as a Bronco fan dealing with this type of mentality and expectations just being – So dang low. But guys, that's got to do it for tonight. We got to dip on out of here. Zach, if you want to do the rundown, I'll I'll pull up and shout out Facebook.
3: This was the last gut reaction podcast of 2021. When we see them next, Chad, our wonderful, lovely listeners and viewers going to be a different year. So uh hopefully this is the last angry gut reaction we have for quite a while, but I don't I don't you know expect anything different last two games. This was the Huddle Up Pod, though. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, follow us on Twitter also at Myla huddle for all your Broncos, news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and more. Follow Chad on Twitter all over the place tonight on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at KelbermanNFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at ScoutKennedy. And yes, as you see, huddleapod.com. Get yourself a dad hat, trucker hat. There's a football priest as Chad's wearing right there. Hoodie, there's a beanie as Scott's wearing that you can't see. Right now, go to huddlepod.com and get yourself some of that merch. Also, Facebook.com slash huddle, Hit that big blue button. We had another amazing episode of Kelberman's Corner today at halftime. We have Trickle Zone each and every week. Broncos Book Club with Chad each and every week. Subscribe, 5 bucks a month, worth every penny. You have my guarantee. And Facebook.com slash pod. Like that page. Follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, we ask you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hat, shirt, jersey, beanie, etc. each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things, take a few seconds, subscribe, like, and share. This video and every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
2: Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. And by the way, guys, we're at about 68%. In terms of reaching our goal of 250,000 stars right. in the month. So if we're gonna raffle off a jersey, we're we gotta we gotta grind here. But shout out to these great supporters tonight, Jermaine at the top. Thank you. Tim Hoffman, Shane Daniels, Michael Ronquillo, Miguel Santistevan, Mike Reno, Claude Riley, Richard, Mac, Jeremiah, Anthony Pennington, Sheldon Hunt, Demon Turner, Andrew Baker, Lawrence Rivera, Charlie Young, David Wilder, and Wyatt Horning. Guys, keep your chin up. This too shall pass. The season is soon coming to a close. Black Monday. Can't get here fast enough. Brings me no joy to say that, but change is coming. Zach and I, and I speak for all the dudes here at MHH, cannot wait. We are relishing the opportunity to cover, break down, analyze, preview, speculate on what comes next at coach, at quarterback, free agency, the draft. 2022 uh, offseason is going to be just off the chain. We look forward to experiencing that with you guys and doing what we can to kind of shepherd you through that, but thank you for a great year. I mean, we're going to be back tomorrow, but this is the last gut reaction. As you mentioned, Zach of 2021, love you guys. Thank you so much. We're seriously two of the luckiest podcasters on planet earth. And that's thanks to you guys. So hope you had a great Christmas. Hope you had some happy holidays and we hope you have a a great new year. If we don't talk to you or get to see you between now and uh, next weekend, which I doubt, but I'm sure, I'm sure we will, but just in case. So much love and we'll see you tomorrow for the aftermath.
3: Very nicely said, Chad. And as I'm watching yet another Trevon Diggs INT, let me just end the gut reaction of 2021 by saying Dan Quinn is a better DC than Vic Fangio. (laughs) Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.